Good morning, everyone. We're recording, and that's all great. It's our 23rd time that we've met together like this now, 23rd time. And there's only one real notice, really, today. Apart from please mute yourself, because that's always a notice, isn't it? So the one notice is referring to two weeks' time, when we are definitely, hopefully, if nothing changes, start back meeting physically in Planet Drive. So two weeks' time, we'll definitely be meeting there. Now, I'm hoping we're going to live stream it. So if you don't want to go there because of how you feel about things, you don't have to. It'll just be, instead of Jill and I from our front room, it'll be Jill and I plus so-and-so plus so-and-so plus so-and-so and a few others uh, from uh, Pallet Drive. So we'll still be meeting on Zoom, but you'll also be able to meet in church if you want to. Now, something really important about that. If you want to come, I really need to know that you're coming. You need to book in to say you're coming, either by email or by text. Don't just sort of say, oh, yeah, John, I'll come, uh, but you need to tell me text or email. That would be brilliant. Three reasons for that. We don't want to go more than our maximum capacity. I need to make sure I've arranged the chairs so that if a couple are coming and they enjoy sitting next to each other, they're sat next to each other. If a family of five are coming and they all want to sit together, there's five chairs all together. So see what I mean? So I need to arrange the chairs so that the people are coming are arranged properly. And also, I love doing things in church, but I love getting all of you involved as well. So the idea is you will get involved if you want to, of course. So I won't know who's coming. And so I won't be able to say, so-and-so, can you lead in prayer? So-and-so, can you do a reading? Because I've no idea. So really, if you can help me by getting in touch sooner rather than later, within the next few days, hopefully, to say you want to come on the 6th of September, then that'll be really, really helpful. So if you've got any questions about it, just text or email me or ring me up and I'll answer them no problem. All right. So that's two weeks time. So we've got Zoom today, Zoom next week and Zoom's carrying on. It's just alternate weeks. We'll be meeting in the building from the 6th of September. All right. Lovely. We're going to have breakout rooms at the end, like we always do for a chat and a pray. So that's all going to be brilliant. I'm going to pray, talking about praying, and then we're going to worship the Lord together. There's going to be more videos that we've done. And uh, you can see we're sat in the same place as last week because people said that was very positive for them. They like seeing our fronts rather than our sides. And yes. I think I do as well. <laughs> right, let's pray though. Let's say, Lord, we love you. So, Lord, we do love you. Lord, thank you for gathering us round to meet with you. We are so happy to meet meeting with you and our friends, our brothers and sisters. Lord, thank you for drawing us together. We intend to set our eyes on you to see you and worship you today more than ever. Amen. Amen.
back again. Right. Do you know what? I'm going to read something out of the Bible because it's always great. Now, I've got something to read from Romans 11. There's always the Bible open just in case something happens like this. You know, it does sometimes. So we're going to try it again in a moment and we'll, we'll, we'll see, see what happens. OK, this is Romans 11. Oh, the depth of the riches of his wisdom, of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his past beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counsellor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. I like that. We can give God the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Right. We're going to try it again. Because believe it or not, this is a great video.
Jesus, my Savior, Lord, there is none like you. All of my days, I want to praise the wonders of your mighty My comfort, my shelter, tower of refuge and strength, let every breath, all that I am, never cease to worship you. Shout to the Lord, all the earth, let us sing. Power and majesty, praise to the King. Mountains bow down and the seas will roar at the sound of your name. I'll sing for joy at the work of your hands. Forever I'll love you forever. Nothing compares to the promise I have. Shout to the Lord. Shout to the Lord, all the earth, let us sing. Power and majesty, praise to the King. Mountains bow down and the seas will roar. At the sound of your name, I'll sing for joy at the work of your hands. Forever I'll love you, forever I'll stand. Nothing compares to the promise I have. Nothing compares. Nothing compares to the promise I have. Nothing compares to the promise I have in you. And Lord, this morning, that is so true that nothing compares to like anything that you are. You are the most wonderful person in our life. We thank you, Lord, this morning that we can say we love you. We can say that we want to worship you because you are the God who asks us to worship you in spirit and in truth. And as we gather this morning, Lord, we may be in different homes, we may be doing it through technology, but we thank you, Lord, that we are united because we are in you. Holy Spirit, that you would be with each one of us this morning as we gather to worship and to praise you, to hear your word. Lord, that we may go out a week that's uh, in, in front of us. Lord, we don't know what it holds for us, but that we would go out in your love and knowing that you are in control of everything. Lord, we thank you that um, where your name is lifted and glorified in the churches today throughout Nuneaton, 
indeed throughout all of the world lord that the praise would come up to you thank you lord that you are in control lord the things that happen around us sometimes are a bit scary with this pandemic lord that you would give wisdom to people to our government that are making these decisions lord so many challenges have come up some have been good some have been not so good but lord our faith is in you thank you lord that you have this situation we come this morning lord and we think of our young people we think of the ones that have been disappointed over their a level and their o level results and perhaps have had problems getting to uni we think of our young people lord that weren't able to complete their uni course because of this and we ask lord that you would make up to them a blessing that they know that their future is in your hands we pray for all of our ncf families lord wherever they are joining us today lord and some perhaps can't we thank you lord that we have this technology thank you to john and for jill who work so hard to get things uh, right and that we're able to have this years ago lord we wouldn't have even had this so thank you that we've had this technology that we can come before you like this and it doesn't matter that we're separate lord because you unite us in all in every way that we do this morning lord there might be someone that's not feeling so well lord we just ask today that you would continue to bless calf lord that you would strengthen her and that you would lift her in spirit and that she will know that you will get her to rise up and to walk and to uh, to be able to when we open up she'll be walking into church lord we grant we ask lord that you would grant this that you would bless jeff that he, as he looks after her and for his humor lord we thank you we just thank you lord there is so much to be grateful for and lord for anyone that's perhaps feeling low in spirit lord and i know lord that sometimes that happens we ask that we would just look to you because in you lord we have the promise that you will never leave us that you will never forsake us and lord we pray especially now as the meeting continues that whatever takes place you will bless we ask lord that we would be worthy of the calling that you have given us as it reads lord that those who put their trust in you that we will be with all lowliness and gentleness with long suffering bearing with one another in love endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace may that be our promise this week lord that we live our lives to bring glory to you in jesus name amen
reading this week is taken from James chapter 5, verses 1 to 12. Now listen, you rich people, weep and wail because of the misery that is coming on you. Your wealth has rotted and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. Look, the wages you failed to pay the workers who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourselves in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the innocent one who was not opposing you. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth or by anything else. All you need to say is a simple yes or no. Otherwise, you will be condemned. Amen. Thank you, Paul. Uh, so far in lockdown, we've had three visiting speakers, Christian leaders from the Neaton. Today, we've got a fourth. She's going to introduce herself. So she'll be speaking from what Paul's read. She'll be speaking in two little slots with a song in between, another video. So let's listen to Lisa. Good morning. It's great to be able to join with you this morning, albeit virtually and pre-recorded. I'm Lisa, and with my husband Steve, we are the ministers at Heath End Church, on Heath End Road, just up from the hospital. We've been in Nuneaton for almost four years, having lived in Reading, London and Sheffield over the years. We've served in many different denominations, in a variety of roles, and we consider ourselves to be charismatic Christians above any particular denomination. Steve and I have been married for 22 years, and we have two beautiful children a kind and charming boy of seven, and a funny and adventurous girl of six. We also have Bramwell, our dog. Heathend Church is part of the Wesleyan Reform Union. And for those of you who haven't heard of us before, the union was formed out of Methodism over 170 years ago, separating over church governance rather than theology. The union has maintained the evangelistic zeal of early Methodism, and has many churches spread around the country, mainly in the Midlands and North. Let's move on to the main reason for me being with you. James chapter 5. I understand that you've been working your way through the book of James over many weeks. I have to confess that I haven't had the opportunity to look through each of the videos for those weeks to see what you've already been learning. Two young children having school at home 
and then being on summer holidays, as well as a church to lead, hasn't left much time for extras. So apologies if I repeat anything that has previously been brought to you. There are two things that I particularly love about the book of James. The first is that he emphasises the faith of people, Christian believers. They must be doers of the faith. Our faith is not an inactive spirituality that kicks in on our deathbed. No, it's quite the opposite, in fact. When we are truly followers of Jesus, we are stirred into action. And as an activist, someone that likes doing, this is music to my ears. Secondly, I love how much of James's teaching relies heavily on the teaching of Jesus, particularly the Sermon on the Mount. Perhaps we shouldn't be surprised at that considering that Jesus and James were half-brothers. We are going to use three verses that James takes from Jesus' teaching as our thoughts for the morning, but there'll be more from that in a moment. Having written the previous four chapters, it's almost as if James says in chapter five, do you know why I'm telling you this? It's not a coincidence, you know. There's something that hangs everything I've said together. James says it a couple of times in different ways, but most clearly in verse eight. He says, be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. The Lord's coming is near. It appears to me that the point of James's letter was to ensure that the scattered Christians didn't take their eye off the ball and forget that the Messiah was coming back for them. When Steve and I got married, we adapted our wedding vows slightly to say for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish till death parts us or Jesus comes again. This was an acknowledgement for us that the second coming could happen in our lifetime. The early Christians were convinced that they were living in the last days. Many of them thought that Jesus would return within their lifetimes. and They were confused by the persecution that they were beginning to suffer. Jesus had promised that he would victoriously return for his bride. And the early Christians lived with full expectation of that. James encourages the Christians to be patient and stand firm. And he uses a farmer as an analogy of how to be patient. Farmers are used to seasons and waiting for the right time to sow and to harvest. The autumn rains signal time to sow seeds and crops. The farmer then doesn't expect the crops to yield their fruit immediately, before the proper time. They wait patiently for the spring rains to come, signalling harvest time. The farmer trusts that the right time to receive the reward will come in due season. But they are not inactive in this waiting time. They tend the crops, cultivating and creating the best environment. James's letter is about how to be and what to do as a believer whilst waiting for Jesus's return. It's a letter about keeping our eye on the ball, keeping in right relationship with God and with each other whilst we wait. Because as we know from what Jesus said in the Gospel of Matthew, 
we do not know the day or the hour that he will return. In Matthew 25, he tells the story of the ten bridesmaids. It says, at that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. The foolish bridesmaids had taken the eye off the ball. They had forgotten what they needed to do to be ready for the groom's coming. Our task as believers as we wait for Jesus' second coming is to keep in right relationships with God and with each other and to build his kingdom here on earth. Let us be considered wise rather than foolish. I really like that idea of the farmer sowing and then not harvesting the same day. Because that's not easy for any of us, is it? Really, we, we pray and we say, Lord, today. And yet having that picture that Lisa reminded us about of the uh, farmer sowing and then tending and actively looking after what's going on and then eventually harvesting is a really great picture. It helps me as I pray. We're going to sing a song now, another video, uh, all about waiting. Well, all kinds of stuff, really, but waiting is part of the lyrics.
let's explore briefly the ways mentioned in the first half of the chapter that are examples of wise living awaiting Jesus's return. Firstly, we need to be people who hate injustice and are not motivated by money. Verses one to six are a prophetic warning about the dangers of riches. Being rich isn't a sin, but loving money and valuing it over the things of God's kingdom is dangerous ground to be on. James uses familiar language in verse two. Your wealth has rotted and moths have eaten your clothes. Jesus said in Matthew six, verse 19 onwards, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. To be people who are wisely waiting for Christ's coming, we need to live according to God's standard, not the world's, especially with regards to our money and spending, particularly as we are some of the wealthiest people in the world. James describes people who are unjustly denying their work as their wages, probably in order to make a quick buck through interest. This in turn causes the workers to get into debt, but they cannot work to repay, meaning that they have to sell possessions or even family members in order to pay off their debt. This common practice in ancient times caused the death of many people who died of starvation or sickness due to poverty. James warns the rich people, you have condemned and murdered innocent ones. Rich people getting richer, poor people having less. Sounds familiar, don't you think? But you may also be thinking that you're not one of the rich ones, that you don't have employees to pay. But this is about social justice on a wider level. Are there people suffering, being oppressed, so that you can enjoy life? Are people in poverty paying for your bargains? Take mobile phones, for example. I'm due an upgrade soon. And so my normal practice is to go into a phone shop and haggle until I get a good deal on a new phone. So what, you might be thinking. Well, the mineral industry that supplies the technology industry significantly funds global conflicts. Wars are funded indirectly by me getting a new phone, but I don't actually need one. Also, significant child numbers of child workers, some as young as seven, the same age as my boy, are used in the mining industry. My needing a new phone is forcing children into hazardous labour, out of education, and therefore continuing the poverty cycle. So I may not be rich denying workers their wages, but my actions are causing injustices around the world. These are not the actions of someone who is building God's kingdom and awaiting the return of the Messiah. Let's hate injustice in all its forms. Secondly, as I've already mentioned, 
we are to be actively patient in our waiting, even if this includes times of suffering. James was speaking to the early church who were beginning to experience persecution for their faith. Both James and Jesus in Matthew 5 likened the persecution to that experienced by the Old Testament prophets who acted in obedience in spite of their suffering. We have no real sense, I think, of what it means to be people persecuted because of our faith in Jesus. I once heard a Syrian pastor who had chosen to remain in Syria with his family, whilst many of his fellow believers and pastors were either being killed or fleeing for their lives. He chose to stay because he knew his calling and he was obedient to the Lord he loved. But at what cost? He talked about having to teach his young daughter what to do if they were asked at gunpoint if they were Christians and if they would renounce their faith. He taught them how to be strong in that moment, to claim Christ as their own and face death if necessary. I hope I never have to have that kind of conversation with my daughter. So what is the advice for us in our patient waiting? James says we are to not grumble and complain. It almost feels simple in comparison. Grumbling indicates that we have taken our eyes off Jesus. He is no longer the one who satisfies us and we are discontent. Grumbling indicates that we are much more concerned about ourselves and our material happiness than about the kingdom. And someone who is grumbling and discontent is going to be much more prone to swaying when troubles come and much less able to keep on standing when persecution hits hard. We are called to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. And when we do that, earthly troubles seem less significant. We do not have to pretend that all is well when it's not. This isn't a false happiness, but it is a conscious decision to remind ourselves about the goodness of God rather than dwelling on the temporary troubles that surround us. And finally, James says in verse 12 that we are to be honest in our speech. He echoes Jesus' teaching in Matthew 5, verse 33 onwards. You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord the oaths you have made. But I tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. All you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. Especially before non-believers, we need to be truthful, honest, keepers of our word. As representatives of the Lord, we need to be honourable and trustworthy. Our reputation in this regard should be important to us. We need to avoid half-truths and leaving out the full truth. We need to do the things we commit to so that we are known as honest and honourable people. 
We need to urgently avoid being hypocritical, having a difference between our words and our actions. Why is this important? Because it's the Lord's reputation that is at stake. As his ambassadors on earth, the people that we are communicates the type of God he is. We know that he is faithful and trustworthy and always good. We need others to know this for themselves. So some thoughts to ponder. Maybe discuss them in your household or with your bubble or over a socially distant coffee with a friend. Are you a doer of the word? Has your faith permeated all areas of your life? How much do you believe that Christ will return in your lifetime? Do you live accordingly? Which of the three areas, hating injustice and not being motivated by money, waiting patiently without complaining and grumbling, or being honest in your speech, which of these do you need to work on with the Lord? I'll leave you now with your thoughts and your ponderings. God bless you. I watched that yesterday and uh, it's easy when you sort of uh, see someone speaking and the real challenges to sort of say, oh yeah, I'll deal with that tomorrow. But the thing is, tomorrow's here now and I've got to deal with things, haven't you? Because... I listened to it yesterday and I need to deal with things. Am I, I, I am representing Jesus on earth like all of you are. And we want the Lord to help us that we will be great ambassadors for him, don't we? So we're going to sing a song and then we can pray for each other. I don't know how we're going to do that. I'll think about that. We might take ourselves off mute or whatever. or We might just pray for whoever we feel led to pray for on mute. We'll think about that in a minute. But let's first of all go for this song. You are here, moving in our midst. Even when I don't see it, you're working. And we know God is working. And we want to see it. And we want to see God at work, not just in the church, but around and around Nuneaton. Thank you. 
just a few of us take ourselves off mute and pray those kind of prayers nice and short maybe 
God, there is nothing too difficult for you. Amen. Amen. Lord, you are gracious and compassionate. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. You are a way maker, a miracle worker. You move in ways that we can't see or understand. We can't understand you at all, Lord, because you wouldn't be God if we could. But we praise your name, Almighty God. Amen. Amen. I just thank you, Lord, that you're always here with me. And that I know you'll never leave me or forsake me. I just praise you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord, that you're the light in the darkness, Lord. Help us to walk close to you so that we can walk in the light with you and see where we're going with you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord, that you're with us even when we're waiting. Help us in our waiting to be better waiters as well as better doers and believers, Lord. Amen. I would just ask you all for prayer for me for tomorrow as I have to go to George Elliott Hospital for my scan. And just pray that I will feel your presence here with me and that uh, all will go well. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, that you have seen tomorrow. You are God, and you have seen the entirety of time from beginning to end. And God, you are with Margaret tomorrow. And you have seen the end from the beginning of tomorrow for her. God, we know that you are faithful and good and kind because you can't be anything else. That is who you are. God, we trust you for Margaret tomorrow. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. And we trust you, Lord, as well, for Naomi and the safe delivery yes. of a baby this yes. week, the Amen. birthday. That's great. And because of that, we remember Michaela's anniversary of her birthday this week as well. I pray, Lord, you will bless her on Wednesday as well, Lord. Amen. Amen. We pray for Sujin and David, who got married again yesterday, and pray that you will help them in their second new married life and um, enable them to, to, to be full of your Holy Spirit and to hear your voice and to follow you wholeheartedly in the coming days and weeks as they travel back to the UK and as they go back to their jobs and as they settle into a new life as a married couple again. Amen. And Lord, for any of us that are approaching new chapters in our lives, whether we want them to have a new chapter or we're resistant to it, Lord, we thank you that the new chapters are coming. And Lord, we want to be ready for anything you want to do in us and through us. Lord, we know that if we're more interested in ourselves, that's rubbish and terrible. Lord, we want to be holy people like you are holy. We want to concentrate on you, spend more time with you. Help us, Lord, to be those people that people see are glowing with your presence and different. We're not just, uh, whatever the word is, kind of being a bit like conforming to those around us, Lord, but we're 
We're not conforming to what people around us are like, but we're following you with all our hearts, mind and strength, Lord. Amen. We're going to sing one more song together just now. Uh, you never cease to amaze me. Oh, it's great. All these songs are wonderful, aren't they? Pointing us towards Jesus. Remember afterwards, if you want to save some uh, breakout rooms for a chat, it'll be great to see you there. But you're welcome to go, of course, if you've got things to go for and, and need to do. So let's sing this. We're going to sing You Never Cease to Amaze Me. <laughs>